Everybody, welcome to Wrestling Tracks. I'm Lee Houston. I got my friend David Sisterai with us. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Y'all, in the background, it's my uh, boom vac machine going on, so y'all just excuse that, but you can. All right, let's get into it. We, professional wrestling, as you know, has its ups, has its downs, its goods, bads, ugly, awkward, everything in between. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do like a, uh, since you, since you, your field, you're going to put it on the couch, if you will, and diagnose it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the awkward, everything. Are you going for a Dusty Rose impersonation there? You said the good, the bad, the ugly, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, horrible, horrible, horrible Dusty Rose there. But let's start with some, somebody who needs the most. I know one the one company that needs it more than anybody else, good old WWE. Okay, well, back up. So if people don't know me, I'm a professional wrestler. My bad. And I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm a mental health therapist in real life. You've been doing that for a decade. So the idea here is we're psychoanalyzing WWE. That's the question. Well, okay. Yeah. So think of it this way: um, any entity consisting of people, it's going to be dependent upon those people. You know how that organism responds. So if it's being run by, theoretically, let's just be theoretical, a narcissistic, uh, psychologically unwell bully with obvious insecurity issues, with absolutely no social consequence, I'm not being completely theoretical right now, I'm just making it up, um, you can imagine how that company might be run like an unhealthy family, for example. Um, crazy behavior happening behind closed doors that you're not supposed to talk about. That sound familiar? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, keeping secrets. Um downplaying the problems, you know, not allowing your children to go play with other children because they might talk. <laughs> All that exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Vincent Mann ran that place like in an abusive family. And none of the parents had any one of the expertise. Um, and you'll notice what happened. As soon as he left, so let's say a uh, drunk dad goes to jail, everybody else is learning how to flourish. They're not afraid of the abuse. They're not afraid of getting fired. They're not being humiliated or whatever. And look what's happening. Mm-hmm. Everything's blown up again. Yeah. You no. Know, and I, my, the goal here is to uh, diagnose all of wrestling, but proportion needs the most is WWE. But there are some good sides. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's look at the negative stuff. Uh, everybody knows wrestling man is the most. How how we want to? Uh, uh, I put it like this. I had I had the choice of. Uh, Tony Khan, Vince Man, the devil I know, devil I don't, devil I know all the time. So, like, you would choose to work for Vince over Tony? Yeah, because number one, familiarity. Because, you no, know, I know if Vince Man's going to screw me, he'll at least do it to my, have the balls do it to my face. Well, I guess, I guess this is my issue. This is a philosophical conundrum. If we know that Vince is almost assuredly going to fuck you, and there's only a possibility that Tony might. I find it interesting that you're still choosing the fucking where I'm There's a possibility that, that I won't. Man, but think about it like this. Let, let's say something happens, you you got screwed royally. Now you yeah. know damn well this man has the balls to come to your face. You know what? I don't like you. I'm going to screw you. And he has the balls to do that. Tony Khan will play some politics behind your back. Well, here we go again. When I first met you, you were talking like you knew Vince, like y'all were friends. <laughs> and now you're talking like you hang out with Tony. You know what he's doing back those doors. So, so I cut a promo. That reminds me. Oh, yeah. So, um, no, no, so the other day, um, oh, God, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. I got distracted. Go ahead, continue. We were cutting a promo, you see it. <laughs> oh, the promo? Yeah. Uh, Shit, no, I still forgot. All right. Sorry, it's not, it's not enough. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, feel free, feel free to bust it. Maybe, maybe, maybe you come, come see your memory. But, yeah. right. like, for example, let's put it like this. Everybody remembers the Montreal Screwjob, right? 
But Tony Khan had the boss to do that. Well, uh, now do we are we do we know what actually happened with the Montreal screw job? Well, basically, Sean Bret Hart's contract, Bret Michigan reached an agreement. And like, hey, you got a, uh, I got a better offer from Ted Turner, old man Ted Turner, old man Ted Turner. They offer me money. I can't, I can't do that, Brett. You got to, uh, well, I'm gonna have to go. If you gonna go, you need, you need to leave better here. I ain't dropping it up in here in my home country. You got your mind. Well, uh, regardless, I, I'm the boss. We are gonna do it my way. And so basically, my job, my job. They reached all kind of agreements, all kind of. Uh, scenarios that Brett said nope, 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 hell no, nope, 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 and it came down to man, Vince said screw you, I'm running this show, we're gonna do it my way, and thus that incident happened. Well, you know, I wish would have happened, and I mean, when people talk about Vince either flexing and that being a good thing or him conniving it being a bad thing, he could his his company, mm-hmm. and even though Brett didn't agree to the creative. It's still his company, and he still could have figured something out. He could have literally said, "You're not allowed in this building, and I'm not sending you any more paychecks to give me that belt back." You know what I mean? He could have done a million things. Yeah. So I'm still not utterly convinced that that's a hundred percent a shoot situation. Just like I'm not hundred percent convinced that that whole thing with Punk is shoot because think about it. Now we know that he got injured during his match, right? Yeah. So he comes to that um the the whatever that the interview after the fact where he blows up. Now that I wrestle, I can tell you that if I'm pissed off about something in my real life, it feels good to cut a promo and like act like that's what I'm mad about to like vent. So wouldn't it be creative if he's going off the air for six months, nine months, he knows he's injured and he's pissed and he's going to have to give the title up. Why not drop a bomb, cause all this chaos, get the wrestling world talking, set up future heat angles when you come back, you drop the belt anyway, you're going to be gone anyway. Might as well. You know what I mean? So I mean, I'm not convinced on any of it. Um, so to answer your question, I don't know. If I worked for a company, I, I talked to promoters and people up front, like, I don't like this backdoor bullshit. We're going to have conversations like adults, or I don't want to work here. Um, I don't want to find out if they're going to do that shit or not, <laughs> personally. Yeah. But you know I me, mean? I'd, I'd vote for Tony before Vince. I think Vince was, was pathologically abusive. I think Tony's just kind of a little bit spineless right now. Well, uh, well speaking of that, there's everybody knows the uh the well, I guess we call it infamous 2006ish I want to say the live the live sex celebration Edge Leader Edge and Leader the back the backstage is Leader and Edge had said no I don't want to do this Vince said screw you this is my show this is what we're gonna do so you know I'm I'm in like sixth seventh grade watching this thing and I'm like I thought they gonna go with this There's no way they got kids here no way. So, y'all definitely know how it goes to get, to get in the bed. They got to the point where they started changing the clothes off. Okay, okay. The edge goes on the sheets. Edge goes on the sheets. I'm getting there. Edge goes on the sheets. Because I'll leave his panties in his teeth. Okay, okay. I turn, I turn the TV down to mute. We're getting it on then. I won't wake my mom, but we get it on the mute. All of a sudden, woo! Damn it, Rick, not now. <laughs> Ric Flair came to the ring like a dog that sees other dogs having sex. I like, was like, that was silly and thank you. really humping the air on his way to the ring. <laughs> With the backstage, Lita had no interest in it whatsoever. That's the last time we saw Lita uh, setting up her last match at Survivor Series 2006. Edge go on to be a Hall of Famer, world champion, all this other good stuff. But in, in the end, Vince McMahon's uh, is is mental state in the end. Ironically, works best because hey, look, it is it's it's horrible. It sucks, but it brings money. And like everybody should say, cash commerce brings cash. Yep. What's your opinion on that? So, well, I I mean, I controversy does create cash, and unfortunately. Well, there's a lot of ways to create controversy, and that's the problem with using those little jingo statements. They could mean a lot of things. Controversy could also mean, oops, is that person dead for falling awkwardly? It could mean, oh my yeah. God, is that fire backstage real? It could be, wow, did somebody actually call it a bomb threat? 
But they always said to be like, well, controversy equals naked women. Well, let's just be honest. That's what teenage guys mostly wanted to see at the time. Yeah. That's what was going to get ratings. They just didn't want to say that part for whatever reason. Um, I'm of the opinion that Vince would have more compassion for some people and not make them do it. I think he's got an issue with women. I think it's got to do with him and his mom. I'm going to talk to you about this before. He talked about having sexual contact with one of his cousins when he was like 10 or 11. Oh, wow. Which call whatever you want, technically. I mean, that's she's older than, like, significantly older than that, like babysitting or something. That's abuse. Like, he was bragging about it as if it was sexual conquest. That's what tells me he's got a real fucked up, skewed perspective of, like, what sex is supposed to mean, what domination of sex is supposed to mean, what, like, power and disempowerment in sex is supposed to mean. So all of a sudden you look on screen, and now that you just told me that, it makes even more sense. Not only would it be fun for him to, like, put together this sex thing on screen, and be controversial, as you said. But the fact that she didn't want to do it, mm-hmm. I'll bet she's not even ask more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that to be controversial. Look at the way Trish Stratus was crawling around, like literally barking, looking like she wanted to cry. Think about like all the women that like fall in the mud, like the naked shit, like everything you can think of. If you go back and watch it now, after hearing me have this conversation, I'm willing to bet you there's a lot more unnecessary humiliation happening in those angles. Mm-hmm. That had to be for its entertainment value. I guarantee you. You know, you got a point, yeah. But I'll tell you this as much as I hate to defend this old bastard, I really hate to defend this old bastard. Everybody knows it. This man is the reason wrestling has gotten to the glory land that it is today. Let's, Let's go back 30 years ago. Nobody thought about why I'm. Let's let, let let's marry wrestling and sports entertainment. Nobody thought about that thirty years ago. Well, people say that, but think of it this way. And I, uh, we have that mutual friend Josh Wind. We had mm-hmm. this conversation before. Everybody says Vince is the inventor of modern wrestling, but we also all know that wrestling existed for a hundred years before him. Right. Right. He just made it bigger. So now ask yourself. Okay, fine. He's the one that got it on TV and made it big. Now ask yourself, of that first two generations of wrestlers, let's say, who made his company so huge and made WrestleMania, I'll say even all the way through like one through five, he didn't invent any of those motherfuckers. They came from the NWA, they came from WCCW, they came from AWA, they came from Mid-South, they came from, you know what I mean, Calgary Stampede, some of them came from Japan, some of them came from Europe. He didn't invent shit. He had (laughs) had a super show. In the Indies, we would call that a super show. Damn. <laughs> who did he invent? He didn't invent Hulk Hogan. He was already doing that shit in AWA. He didn't invent Andre. He'd already been doing it for 20 plus. Mm. For real. Think about that. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> hey, well, there goes my bubble. Damn. I mean, prove me wrong, but you're not going to. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, put, so let's just put that to bed. Now we're on an even playing field. All right. There's somebody who invented somebody, but it's usually the workers themselves. So if you put that in the modern era, you know, that would be the equivalent of like some people saying, I'm sick of working for Vern Gagne at AWA, and I'm sick of working for the Binarics and WCCW. I want to go work for Ted Turner, let's say. I want to go to WCW for a while. Well, that's kind of like WWE people saying, fuck this, or getting fired by Vince's crazy ass. And then going and working for AEW. Hmm. It's exactly the same. It's just modern. All right. Now that Vince is off the picture, and now that we have a new breathing ground, you people can breathe now with Triple H in charge. Where yeah. where do you see this going? I I I I'll get Triple H, Stephanie, Nick Khan. I, I I'll give them ten years. How about where where do you see this direction going in ten years? What, are you saying you give them 10 years to start a business? Or you just want to hear what my idea is for the 10 years, like the next 10 years? Like, with, like, with Nick Khan running corporate, Triple H and Stephanie running, running the product, if, if, if their leadership over 10 years, how do you see that, your opinion? Oof, I've not thought of this. Let me start in the next year. Uh, let me think about this for a minute. Um, well, you can already tell they're going for the youth uh, that they've been missing forever because of the Logan Paul signing. 
I don't understand him, but I'm middle-aged, and it's not my demographic, but I mean, he's a huge deal. Um, look at Bray Wyatt just came back, and I don't know if you saw his return on Friday, but it's totally different than it used to be, and his theme song sounded like My Chemical Romance. Nice. Like, a, like an emo, like a like an emo rock song kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they're shifting gears for youth again, and it looks like they're giving people a lot of creative freedom. So I think that they're going to like go back to like much higher ratings, frankly, because they're finally going to capture you know, that, that audience that AEW was really snatching from them. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being the case, Triple H and Stephanie have always been huge on pushing women's wrestling. This whole generation came through NXT. Um, that was all them. I could, I, I could very easily see them implementing some, like, women-specific pay-per-views again. Um, I could see, you know, more, like, main event-level stuff, like, being pushed on the regular, where, like, half of the shows would feature, like, women in the main event. Mm-hmm. I could even see them starting to do um, not just mixed tags and things, but, like, intergender matches um, under certain circumstances. Because it looks like now they're trying to stay ahead of the curve of what the indies and AEW are going to do for that Matt Riddle cage match. Did you happen to catch that at Extreme Rules? I did. Yeah, Riddle was doing that shit um, down with GCW, uh, Game Changer, which mm-hmm. is one of the bigger indies in America. And uh, he started a pay-per-view for them, an annual thing called Bloodsport, which is like the old movie Bloodsport. Hmm. Now, Josh Barnett, who's a, who's a big-time like Japanese wrestler and fighter and MMA legend, he runs it every year now. It's called uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, but it started with Riddle. And so when he had that cage thing, I was like, wow, they're giving him his own specific platform from the Indies. Like, they're going to give Bray his own thing. You know, I think Triple H is smart enough to get out of the way and let money make itself. Mm-hmm. And there's already all these concepts that are proven people want. So get out of the way and just make it bigger and louder. And You know what I mean? Yes. I, I can't even really predict because they have the, the limitless capital, <laughs> limitless production. Like, now people might want to work there again because of him. Like, I, I can't even predict. Wow. I'm, I'm a fan again. In a little while, I'm, I'm actually for your for your overall diagnosis of WWE in a little while. But let's talk women's wrestling. So yeah. we had all kinds of stuff. We had women's Royal Rumble, women's Iron Woman match, women's a ladder match just recently. Uh, uh, Hell in a Cell. Women's Hell in a Cell. I wouldn't mind saying women's table match. I'm sure that's happened, hasn't it? That's gotta have happened. I gotta go back, probably now, but I don't know. <laughs> or are you talking about a TLC match, like a full-blown TLC match? Like, yeah. But, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like that must have maybe happened. Well, here's the issue, too, is, and I think we were kind of talking about this the other day, about why is it that women start to struggle so much, even mm-hmm. though we've proven that they're amazing women, who do it as well as any man or even better. Like, look at Bianca Belair over the last year for career. Like, who else has dominated and, like, just become a, a main event staple in that short amount of time since, like, Kurt Angle? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, that sounds outlandish to some people, but look at that timeline. Um, well, so anyway, with women's wrestling, I, I wonder sometimes if, like, okay, so mostly it's guys who watch wrestling, and mostly the guys who have watched wrestling historically have wanted to see chicks in underwear, which is why Johnny Saint was tired of all the models. But that's probably why wrestling was no good with women, because they weren't even fans, let alone wrestlers. Um, so I think, like, as gross as she turned out to be, Tessa Blanchard proved... She was beating the shit out of people all over the world in TNA. And she won the Impact World title from Sammy Callahan. And it was really believable. Mm. And she wasn't even huge the way that, like, China was or the way that Austin Kong was. She was just beating the shit out of people in a realistic way. I think that Triple H could potentially let them go that route. Like, don't you think that Charlotte Flair could have a real 20-minute match with, like, uh, Johnny Gargano? I can see that. You know, or like Sasha Banks with Ray Mysterio, or Dewdrop and Otis. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that hard to figure out. You just have to give up the old conventional thought that women are immediately softer. Like, I wrestled a guy last week and beat the living shit out of him in my match. And <laughs> people seem to believe it. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, uh, like I told you, like, I, I, it's problem is historically, I don't mean to be sexist or nothing, but wrestling was never designed for a woman at at that time. Like I go to wrestling events, I see, 
I see big brothers, little brothers. I see grandpa, grandsons, male cousins. And I see uh, uncle, nephew. I never see any women like big sister, little sister, mom, daughter. I talk about like fan wise on the fan side. Yeah, of course. You know, women's can, women can down show wrestle, but as far as attracting them to the show, I don't. I, well. Well, that's, that's the issue, though, is yeah. you can't look at it right now and say that they can't or that we can't because we're not even getting a full opportunity yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would be like saying, well, we, we already know that this person can sprint even though they're not even out of the chair. Like, she's given us more of a platform. Like, look what just happened in the last handful of years. I'm sure you, you watched NXT um, when it was still good, right? Like, back when... Uh, the black and gold days. yeah. Do you remember the first time there was a women's main event on one of the takeovers? It was Bailey and Sasha for the title. It's when Bailey finally won the belt. Oh, yeah. Before Sasha won it. That's the best women's match I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And and up to that point, you know, a lot of people who weren't watching the product would go, women main event? Ugh, it's fucking stupid. Not even because they know what you're talking about. They just, it's just either sexism or dismissiveness or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But they've proven over and over again, like, given the opportunity with the same level of creative, the same time on TV, the same ability to get eyes, yeah, it can be right on the park. So we just have to keep doing it. It's just like any investment. You know, you don't invest in a new business knowing what you're going to have in 10 weeks. You just kind of hope for the best based on your stats. We already have stats. So you can just start investing and it will happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, Women's wrestling used to be bathroom breaks back in the day. Yeah, I know. That's so annoying. There's a lot of men's matches. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you ever saw it. I cut this long-ass promo at a show in Detroit a couple weeks back. And a lot of people got hot about it because it was long. Like, it was a three-segment promo. It was, like, 11 minutes with some other people involved. And I heard after the fact there were some workers who were pissed. And I was like, guess what? People in the crowd were actually up and down with my promo and invested in the story. Mm-hmm. You had a 10-minute match, and it was fucking boring. And nobody seemed invested. Uh-huh. So just because you get a match doesn't mean you should automatically get more minutes. Guess who's more entertaining? Guess who the fans are more invested in? Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people don't look at, who's oh, a pro, it should be more than two or three. Well, that's because you don't know how to talk for more than two or three minutes. Some of us can talk for an hour. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you, you, you cut a promo, the whole point is you got to keep the fans involved. You need, you, they, uh, need, they need to be like putting the palm of your hand. That you have to like all the emotions. Like I remember uh, Paul Heyman in the middle of the ring, right the day after WrestleMania. You know what? Y'all took something from me. I'm 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 gonna take something from y'all. I want the straight. And I was I like, and Paul Heyman drops some names. He drops CM Punk's name. CM Punk wasn't even in the, in the building. It's like y'all took CM Punk from me. I'm gonna take something from y'all. I want the straight. I like oh shit. And then Brock Lesnar came out. Like, oh shit, I'ma get a ticket. Oh shit, I'ma go over there. Oh shit, I saw it. Oh shit, don't take a loss. <laughs> How'd you feel about that? Were you one of the people that was just mind blown and uh, crying? Man, I, I was like, can I get a rematch or something? Man, I was stoked. I was stoked that he lost. <laughs> I if I was a betting man, I would have bet all my money on the street. I would have lost everything. Well, I mean, that's a smart bet. Um, You know what people said for the longest time, and I said at the same time, too, it would have been smart business-wise to have let somebody else get the streak, maybe look them, make them look bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are like, well, Brock's already huge. I'm like, yeah, but you know what it did is people were kind of like semi-indifferent to Brock, but they kind of disliked him but never really hated him. They sure as fuck hated him after that. She... He really became hated after that. So, I mean, uh, if uh, anybody was going to do it, it kind of still protected The Undertaker a little bit. I mean, great Mysterio, you know? look at everybody who had the shot from Snooker to uh, Big Show, Triple H, Kane, Johnny Gonzalez, Johnny Gonzalez, A Train, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, Batista. Shit. Did you say Sean? I said Sean. Sean Triple H got it twice. Uh, Mark Henry, everybody failed. Brock Lesnar came, dominated that guy. Yep. Well, look at Brock Lesnar. Like maybe they're thinking, you know, a triple or Undertaker's always been our go-to, like one of our monsters. 
let's just make damn sure everybody knows that now <laughs> Barack is unquestionably our new monster. Mm. Monster, monster. I just, you know, it kills me. I think I've said this to you before. And I'm a wrestler, mind you. So if people can't give me this shit about, like, taking it more seriously, me becoming a wrestler means that I take it more seriously than 99% of fans. Get that straight right now. But so when people say shit like, well, that's exposing the business, anything, take your pick. Uh, you know, that pizza guy at AEW, for example, the pizza guy with the crust. Pizza you know, Papa. We're talking about The Undertaker right now. What's his fucking gimmick? He's a zombie. Yeah. He's been a zombie for three decades, but that's okay because he's the Undertaker. You see what I mean? Like people get their shit all bent out of shape over this hypocritical stuff based on their own opinions. Mm-hmm. So everybody loses their minds, like, oh my god, he lost. It's so stupid. It's so unfair. Well, that's just your opinion. A lot of us wanted to lose for a lot of t- a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just think it's funny when people pick and choose, like what what's a whole sacred in wrestling. I remember uh, I, I gave you my two cents on if you ever had the opportunity to work with Brock. I, I, this is my little two cents on it. Brock left out his, his issue of stomach issues. So I say target the stomach and do not let up. <laughs> you know what's ironic about that? I just had diverticulitis flare up the last hand for the days, and I was supposed to have a match yesterday, and my uh-huh. car broke down, thank God. I'll bet you I could have very easily gotten that Lesnar injury if somebody would have hit me just wrong. Ooh. I guess spooky. Like, say, yeah, I know about his injury. My mom had the same problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was a legit thing. Who got him in MMA? I think it was like Frank Mir. Like, somebody needed him and right in the lower abdomen. Mm-hmm. Ah, him up. <laughs> but um, I was going to ask you a couple minutes ago uh, about women's wrestling. Who are some of your faves? Give me like your top three. My top three of any era or some particular era? Yeah, it is. I gotta go with China. Uh, I'm I'm going old school on you. I'm gonna go with uh, Mae Young, that tough old lady. <laughs> that, that's a tough bastard right there, Mae Young. Uh, and I'm gonna go with, believe it or not, Stephanie. Back in the day, Stephanie, oh, former women's champion, Stephanie. That's Stephanie. Not nowadays, but yeah. Well, now I do want to ask you more specifically, because I feel like right now, in the last five years, we've gotten the best crop of women's wrestlers in terms of all-around talent, like objective talent, mm-hmm. in history. Who would you say are like your top two or three from the last, this last five years or so? Give me Shayna. Give me Ronda. Shayna, yep. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bel Air. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Sure. Hmm. I, if I did top three, I would say Bianca is up there. I, I'm a huge Sasha Banks fan too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I think you might have nailed it with uh, Shayna. I like I like Shayna Baszler a lot. Hmm. Oh, let's go back to what you were saying before about the future. Yeah. I could see Triple H opening up and starting to do cooperative work with other companies. I could see that. In fact. Did you see where um, the the OC, uh, the Good Brothers, came back and joined AJ on Raw? Mm-hmm. Carl Anderson's currently a singles champion with NJPW. He's still contracted there. Uh, when's, when's the last time you heard anything like that happen in WWE? It's been a long time. This was over in the ECW side with Mike Also. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, exactly. That was over 20 years ago. Yeah. So I mean, this could be this could be nothing. But Triple H was the one saying on his way out before he had his heart issue, you know, we're open, we're open for business. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was just bullshit because Vince was around and kind of knew that would never happen. But mm-hmm. here we are, you know, and, and Carl Anderson has been a – do you know Rocky Romero is? Like he's another NJPW guy, but he's originally like an American wrestler. I, I need to research on him. What's up? Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same where Carl Anderson could be like that open door like between – U.S. wrestlers and Japanese wrestlers because he's so established with NJPW. Mm-hmm. I can very realistically see that. And I can see stuff happen where, like, Shayna Baszler goes down to the Indies and does that GCW Bloodsport event and goes against, like, Mir Shafir, who used to train at NXT with her. And she's on those Bloodsport events. Like, mm-hmm. I can very easily see Matt Riddle being let, you know, go down and do that again against Josh Barnett mm-hmm. or uh, Suzuki from NJPW who comes and does that. You know, I can definitely see that happening. Mm. 
That'd be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for keep, push, or fire. Who do you keep? Who do you push? Who do you fire? I've got to put up Scarlett. I would Scarlett, a one member from Bonner no more. I would say Kenny King. And I'm going to put up, uh, I said it the other day on Twitter. You got Scarlett, Kenny King, and who would, who would I put up there? Keep Push Your Fire. Uh, give me uh Ah, uh, shoot. I've, no, I'm, 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 I'm just pulling a third person on my tail here. I'm just pulling a random hat out the head. Uh, the girl with the girl with more personalities on Impact Wrestling. Man, you're killing it. Uh, is it Rosemary? No, uh, not Rosemary, but... uh. She was Kim, Kim, she's Kimberly, Kim, whatever her name is. I don't have been watching the pack in a long <laughs> time. She, she was a good at two shoes girl. Then she was a, 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 she was Kimberly, not Kimberly, but Kimberly. And she was a, no, Kimberly, I'm putting Kim, I'm putting Kim over there. I would keep, I would keep Kim the King. Scarlet. And she go. I, I never heard her talk since day one. She got to go. I would uh, push Kimberly. I don't even know who the fuck Kimberly is. Who was the other one you said? Who was the second person? Scarlett, uh, the wife uh, of uh, uh, Karen no, Cross. Is. I know who Scarlett is. You said something, King. Kenny King. Who's that? From Impact Wrestling, Honor No More. He was a. Uh, it was. It, it's come to call everybody knows Honor Ring of Honor. There's a group of ex Ring of Honor guys called Honor No More. Impact Wrestling. Kenny King's among them. Oh, Kenny King? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about women. That's why I was trying to make sure it's not women. Mm. Okay, now I got you. Kenny King to me was if he was gonna happen, he would have happened fifteen years ago. He's gotta go. Oh. Um, <laughs> Scarlett, you're overlooking the gem. Scarlett is fucking bony. She can talk. She can wrestle. She can I ain't heard her talk. I ain't heard her talk in a minute, man. She, she should talk. What's up? Oh. What's up with that? Do your homework. I don't know what to tell you. Be a better wrestling fan. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, I'll give you my top. Here's here's top three. It was keep. It was what? Cut him. Keep him. Push him. Keep push your fire. Um, yeah, I'm sorry if you got to free up some space. I, I used to like Kenny King, but he plateaued long ass time and he's got to go. Okay. Um, he's fired. Push Scarlet in that group for me. Um, can I give you a three? Yeah. Can I give you the same? All right, I'm going to do a combination of WWE main roster and AEW roster. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Hayter. You familiar? Yeah. Um... Becky Lynch. Gotcha. And uh, Io Shirai. Uh, yes, indeed. Look, this is how we do. This is how we do it. This is a uh, obviously this don't stand anywhere, but this is this is hypothetical. If you Push them is like give them more opportunities. Keep them is keep them around and refine their skills. Of course, the fire part. So you would you would keep uh who who, who would you keep around? Oh, the ones I just named. Yes. Well, I was asking you. Uh, I would I would keep uh I gotta keep Becky. Yeah, for sure. I would push Io Shirai. Yeah. And unfortunately, I let go of uh, Jamie Hayter. Damn, you know, I, I love Jamie Hayter a lot. She's one of my favorite AEW people uh-huh. because I put her in that group. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would never want to cut Io Shirai. I feel like Jamie Hayter's got star, or, I mean, they both do, but you know how American fans are with Japanese talent. Like, Asuka's amazing. So is... Uh, Karoshita over at AEW. For whatever reason, like Americans Americans getting a little bit stuck on, you know, certain like Asian wrestlers broke up and Um I think Jamie Hader could be a world champion easily. So I actually I would probably push her on that mix. 
And uh, just to be creative, I might cut Becky. She's already a multi-bazillionaire. She'll stay great for a while. Go after something. Mm-hmm. Should be fine. Should be a chop. Well, yeah. Wow. I'm looking. Hang on a second, y'all. Ah! I hate these, I hate these spam calls. Y'all, excuse me one tiny second. No, you know your role, Jabroni. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to Crown Jewel. I don't know about you, but Crown Jewel should be interesting in Riha, Riha Saudi Arabia. I don't think. Uh, Luke Paul, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, excuse me. I don't think he deserves a championship match. He's gonna lose anyway. But I don't think he deserves. He need to pay his dues. Well, you do understand that somebody told him he's doing it right. That he's not. Oh yeah. <laughs> he don't deserve a championship match anyway. But yeah. So you know, so, um, I, you know, it's whatever. I, mean, I think it's obviously just a cynical way to try to get more eyes on it. And because it's already an instant payday, it doesn't matter about ratings. They're already, they're already guaranteed the money they're going to be paid, so they could. That's why they sometimes treat it almost like a bit of a house show. Mm-hmm. You know, big names on a house show. Maybe it was just a creative way to see like how he can hang. But I think cynically speaking, yeah, they they got to consider keeping him on screen. He does have what's his YouTube channel got maybe like 10 million plus followers. Like I might not care about the guy, but he's definitely got people looking at him. Um, and he's a freak athlete. Which, I mean, in my eyes, his match at WrestleMania might have been the all-time best celebrity wrestling match. Hmm. All right. Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul. Who you got? Oh, I've seen them both. I got to say Logan Paul. I'm going with Bad Bunny. He takes it more seriously, and like he he's been if he had actual training it with Booker T in them. You know. What, is, what do you think Logan Paul did? Just showed up and walked out set and did all that? He's been training with with those people for like six months. He's been training. Yeah. But look, uh, Bad Bunny would actually take it more seriously. How do you know? Mm, I, you you, you seen him at WrestleMania with uh with uh with uh old dude? What's his name? Oh, uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, and then his Royal Rumble stuff. He did something in the Rumble. Like that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, it was, but you're looking right past the fact that Logan's taking it so seriously that he's actually become a full-time pro wrestler. I don't like the guy. I'm just fascinated by your opinion mm-hmm. that the guy who's not a wrestler so I took it more seriously than the guy who became a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that to me so it makes sense. Well, like, <laughs> low, like Bad Bunny, at like he, he had, like, he adapted to it like sponge and water, you know. As Logan Paul, if you take it with the YouTube show, what you get? Well, I mean, that's yeah, just some white boy, but that's not a fair question. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have this conversation if he didn't have it. But he's kind of thing. Having the having the podcast didn't make him a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. He's apparently just a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. You know? And keep in mind, again, like I spent 15 months learning to professionally wrestle. And when I saw him in the room that first time, I was like, God damn, he's better than the vast majority of people I see wrestle on the Indies who have been doing it for, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, up to five years. And I know he had a good opponent, but, like, you can't fake that level of athleticism. You can't fake the shape he's in. You can't fake, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, don't, I wish I didn't have to say it. I think he's a piece of shit as a human being. But <laughs> he's a pretty good wrestler. Yeah. Imagine like you, you you mentioned your training. Like I I I, I was on Facebook. And I asked the wrestler a simple question: Who trained you? He got offended because he thought I was I was uh it thought I was challenging his skills as a wrestler. All right, simple question: Simple question: Who trained you? Because the wrestling business, you somebody brought you in this business, right? Exactly. Yeah, I asked a simple question: Who trained you? He got offended. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm challenging him as a wrestler. You somebody brought you in this business and taught you. You didn't come in here by yourself. Well, you're not likely to find a more insecure group of human beings than professional wrestlers. I mean, mm-hmm. between being looked at physically, between having to remember how to wrestle, between having to perform, having to interact, like there's a lot to be insecure about. Um, so I can I can see where some people might do that. 
also I could see where you might do it if you don't think that your coach or your training facility was reputable. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be defensive about that. Some of us brag because we have highly reputable coaches. There was an adult entertainer. I'm not gonna say her name. It, fuck you, yes I will. Uh, Mia Khalifa. She had she ticked me off way. She ticked me off, but she said I don't respect wrestling because of what they do for a living, madam. Consider what you do for a living. I'm just saying it's no different. I'm not familiar with who this is. It, it was an adult entertainer. Uh, she said she had no respect for wrestling because it's not real, quote unquote. Lady, look, I, you in no business. You in no business to judge somebody's job. I'm just saying what you do for a living ain't no different. <laughs> I just wish, as in most ways in life, I wish that when people who are wrestling fans got offended and got defensive over that. We don't need to defend against that. That's the oldest, most tired, stupid argument. Oh, it's not real. Uh It's not, of course. It's like not liking pancakes because they're not dogs. Like, it's not the fucking, of course it's not. What do you think, we all are confused? Uh, The fact that people still say that shit is like, you know what, you're an idiot. You don't even know what you're talking about. You think you're being clever. You're like, it's just a joke at this point. I don't even bother. I don't even bother with that shit. It's stupid. But at the same time, it's like this. Professional wrestling like a live, it's, a, it's exactly like a live performance at any concert or any event. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you, got, you, got, you, you got your stuff that you're doing, you got, you're performing it, you're practicing, you're rehearsing it, all this stuff here. If you have a promo, you're trying, you're trying to remember what you're going to say. If you're wrestling, trying to remember what you're going to do. It's just like a concert, just like a, you act, acting in the movie. Well, except, and this is the part that people forget, like, as a, in a band, you can have people trying to heckle you while you're doing it, but usually you're playing loud music, so you can't hear them. As a wrestler or, like, a stand-up comedian, you know, because also think about this, like, you don't go to plays and hear people heckling them in plays either. You really only hear that in pro wrestling and fucking stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. where the crowd is actually allowed to just, like, heckle people. So it's not even just knowing how to wrestle well. It's also, you know, having to know how to come back at a person who does that or know how to, like, ignore it. But, like, it's infinitely harder than people, you know, seem to want to give it credit for. But I'm glad you see it that way. That's, that's how I see it, too. Like, you're a stunt person and you're the star actor, you know, and you're improvising your lines and you might have to sing and dance and you might have to improv, mm-hmm. you know. Like, there's a lot. And with the wrestling business, like every now and then, there's, there's a few a few moments where you gotta wrestle. Like for example, let's say you walk in the building, hey, you got a match right now. You got time to go change to your gear. You gotta wrestle right now in the clothes you came in the building with. That's not easy to do. Yeah, I mean the odds of that happening are very slim because usually these days, you know, if they're gonna make a person do that, they'd probably at least be talking on the phone. Hopefully, on their way there to get some idea, like. In, uh, a little behind the curtain stuff here. So, in the old days, a lot of vets you could talk to, um, especially people who maybe had like uh, tour, like national touring experience or like southern wrestling experience, especially. Mm-hmm. They talk about like walk and talk wrestling, like the old days of just call it in the ring. We're not going to plan anything except the finish. You know, we're just going to go out and see what this crowd's like. And if they're into this, then that's what we're going to do. And if they're into this thing, then that's what we're going to do. Um, you don't see that many people who can do that today, and the ones who can are a few far in between. They have good coaches, or they're way out of their way to make sure they could probably like tour around finding people to teach them how to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so if somebody were to show up late, it, some people would just go, oh, "That's fine. I don't need to play a match anyway." But I would say like 90% of people at this point on the Indies probably do need at least some time to put a match together and then remember it. Mm. Yeah, you can talk to each other through a match as well. So uh, it's kind of depends. Definitely. It, there's a movie called The Wrestler. I've I seen him do that in the movie. What's that? There's a movie called oh. The Wrestler. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen it with uh, Mickey Rourke. Yeah. And it, I was like, you know, he was like talking to somebody through the match. Yeah, it was, back, it was backstage. Like, this is what we're going to do. Boom, bam, 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 bam. Oh yeah, that's what they're, well. That's like the pre-plan. So that's when you go out there and you remember like what the quote-unquote script is going to be for the match. Yeah. What I'm saying is there are some people who are just like, okay, let's like brawl for a couple of minutes, then we'll go outside for a few minutes, and then we'll come in and and we'll finish. And that's all they say. So they just have little sections, and they can just improv it or like you know beat each other through it without even having to have a pre-plan. 
Uh, so I had a match that was kind of like that. Uh, there's a woman named Randy West, who's a pretty big deal up in this area. She's from Indiana. She's known as the goddess of gore. She does like a lot of deathmatch stuff, like nationally. Oh wow. A lot of time championships with death matches against men, women, whatever. But so um, I was a champion of this fed for seven months up here in Michigan, and I won it from her in the finals of the tournament. My first match as a pro, I won the belt from Randy West. Well, then I ended up losing it to her seven months later, and it was in a hardcore match. And uh, you know, at this point, I felt like it was some thumbtacks, was like bleeding all over the place, like we fought around that building. But so we basically booked the second half of the match that was going to be in the ring because the first, like, between five and ten minutes was just us outside the ring walking around and, like, making it up as we went along. Just, like, throwing chairs at each other, setting up quick spots, you know, whipping each other through chairs, despite mm-hmm. you name it. Um, so that was kind of a combo, and that was really fun, like, realizing you can pull it off and people are still into it, um, which I think a lot more confident. Like, oh, cool. Even if I forget something, people are still into what we made up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, just a while ago, I'm actually just now, opinions changed. Are there any matches that you would absolutely refuse to do? Um, yeah, several right now. <laughs> Maybe eventually. Um, I don't have any interest in doing anything like, I don't want to get put on something on fire. I don't want to get put through glass. You know, like maybe if I was wearing the right thing, I'd allow somebody to bust one of those light tubes over my head just for the, the effect. But uh, as far as going into like real deathmatch territory, I'm not interested. Um, to me, it's got less to do with match types. It's got more to do with spots. Like there's yeah. a lot of spots I wouldn't do right now based on my experience level and not knowing people, not trusting people. Mm-hmm. Like you're never going to talk me into taking like a, a Canadian destroyer from somebody I've never seen wrestle or – Somebody tell me they're gonna like give me one of those like uh, brain busters into the knee, like a Kamagoye moves. Oh wow! Uh, like, dude, if I, I don't trust. Yeah, I've had some people do some real dumb things in the ring with me that were like small, so it wasn't a big deal. But if it had been higher stakes, like yeah, people get hurt all the time. And I don't trust because um, my age, because I'm older, I don't trust myself to be able to handle a crash and burn as well as some people. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like extra careful, I think. That's why I like doing the kind of submission style, kind of ground and pound style, less bumps, <laughs> you know, less need to be risking injury. Man, man, professional wrestling, one of the one of the top ten commandments of wrestling, you have to trust your opponent. You, well, you have to be able to trust your opponent. Oh yeah, yeah. Really yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to trust you if you prove that you're trustworthy. Um, and that was nice, too. My last match was against a guy, uh, and I've been wanting to wrestle a guy at my home uh, fed where I came up, Independence Pro Wrestling in West Michigan, IKW. I've been saying, like, yo, I'm six feet tall. Like, I was the women's champion here for seven months. I, you know, had that hardcore match. Like, people would believe me in a match against guys. And so then finally, a couple weeks ago, I had to do it. Um, and I was glad it was him because it was a guy that I trained with. I was probably nine months ahead of him in my training. I trained for about 15 months before I debuted. And so I kind of helped him and a handful of other people, like some other early technical type stuff. Mm-hmm. But so to be able to have a match after he's finally like up having matches and all the practice stuff we've done together, like chemistry was there. And he hit me with some bigger stuff. Like he hit me with a sidewalk slam, like a jumping power slam, um, overhead T-bone suplex, joke slam. Yeah, I bumped quite a bit for him. But I trusted him, like you said. It was fine. Wow. Uh, uh, we're going to wrap it up with this one question here. If you could take wrestling all together and, and give it a diagnosis, what's your – what you say? <laughs> um, I guess I would call it um, – I don't know. For the kids today, I would call it like one big cannon with – Limitless opportunities for cosplay. <laughs> wow. Whether you're, whether you're a fan, you know, uh, some of my friends, like who are like women, people who've never been into wrestling, they'll come and watch me because you know my friends. And that's what they see because they see the capacity for like, you know, um, dance shows, for example, or like you know a different performance contest. Like, wow, that's that looks a lot like Renaissance. And I'm like, well, it's just, you know, there's people performing, and I, I would never say that. But, 
you know, this is a comparison. But so anyway, to diagnose the whole thing, um, I guess I would say like, uh, hmm. It needs it needs an ongoing uh, maintenance uh, relationship with the therapist because it has its ups and its downs. It occasionally needs like anger management. Oh, definitely. Or, you know, medication to help it sleep at night or to get less anxious. Um, it can be incestuous. It can be, you know, self sabotaging. Um, I think recently it, you know, again I can't overstate it. I think the removal of Vince. I'm half convinced that somebody inside that company was sick and tired of watching it go down the shitter, and that somebody in there knew that information about those settlements and leaked it from the inside. That's another thing I'm convinced about. And if that's the case, I think that's a real sign of it being an organism that's choosing to get healthier. Hmm. I think AEW is younger and really progressive and has a healthy world view and approach, even if people don't like its wrestling. And I think getting rid of Vince immediately takes uh, WWE in that direction, too, I hope. It all just gets healthy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've enjoyed this. I want to thank my friend Davis and Sarai for joining us. Hey, uh, can you let people know where they can find you at? Yeah, I'm in jail on Facebook constantly, but when I am there, you can find me at Davison Sarai Artis. Sarai, my bad. Uh, my name is Davison with a 1D uh, Sarai, S-A-R-A-I. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I believe that is uh, Davison Sarai wrestling if I remember correctly you can find me on YouTube I have my own channel Davison Sarai if you, if you use the Davison Sarai wrestling I got a bunch of stuff that will pop up for sure um, Instagram same Davison Sarai IPW I believe that is uh, I got some matches coming up in and around Michigan and I got some stuff recently I don't know if I told you I was recently on a show near Chicago that people will be able to see on Fight TV pay-per-view and on Amazon Prime to rent um, likely in the next week or two here so, that is awesome Ladies and gentlemen, before we go, I got we got to pay some bills. Restaurant brought to you by Back of the Liberty Moore LLC. They put the Dean delivery. You got if you see a license, you can drive trucks or more information. Triple A seven one two two five eight seven or eight one seven two zero four seven two five nine. We got backup.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Davidson, for joining us. Thank you all for joining us, everybody. You can find this episode on demand on Anchor.fm, Side Wrestling Tracks, and everywhere else. Linktree.com. Slash Wrestle Tracks. It's L I N K T R dot E E slash W Tracks for the rest of our platforms. For the main platform, anchor dot FM slash Wrestling Tracks. Thank you for your time, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time. Thank you so much. Yep, no problem.